faster than shit through a goose. More powerful than a 1973 Ford Pinto. Able to leap from the couch within a couple of tries. Look, over there. It's a rhino. It's a landmass. No, it's Captain Punishment. Working class, limp dick, bad guy, ass kicker. Operation Attack Squirrel presents the Captain Punishment Adventure Hour. This week's issue, The Giggler's Return of the Reboot, Part 3. Watch those hands, mister. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. This issue of the Captain Punishment Adventure Hour is brought to you by Poor Man's Justice. When your girlfriend shoves a hot curling iron up your ass <gasps> when she catches you with her sister. That's the poor man's justice. Poor man's justice, when the curling iron feels better than your relationship. <laughs> Previously on the Captain Punishment Adventure Hour, the captain got a divorce from actress Lindsay Hilton only to marry her again two hours later. Also, the giggler has returned and launched an all-out assault on our heroes. Our story continues as a kidnapped Captain Punishment is forced to watch as the villainous Giggler plots to destroy his school. Damn it, Giggler! Those are innocent kids! Annoying, sure, but they deserve a shot! I know, I know, but children make things so much more dynamic! <laughs> My workers were busy little beavers making some very interesting tweets to your mansion. For example, on the top left TV, you can see your new botanist, Granola Birkenstock, in her lab. Oh, good. The hippie finally showed up. Little does Miss Birkenstock know that I have slyly replaced her experimental power flower plant with my patented touchy-feely vines. They are very unstable and sensitive to their environment. <laughs> I am so excited to see what happens when it connects with the right anomaly. My money's on bad stuff happening! <laughs> Broadcasting on the pile of televisions was Miss Birkenstock as she putters around the mysterious plant sitting on a table in the middle of the botany lab. You're one groovy fella, but why can't I feel your aura? Where did you come from, little mister? Ooh, now enters Adonis Dingus Sligus. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. I am Arthur Tinnitus, former king of Atlantia, and I was told you needed assistance in the way of uh, hydration. Arthur Tinnitus, now known as the Atlantean, stood in the room in a skin-tight aqua-colored wetsuit. His long golden hair blew about even though there was no breeze. An immediate sensual spark could be felt between these two elemental control freaks, and both laid down the innuendos pretty thick. Right on, Artie man. Looks like you got something refreshing you gotta unload. Indeed I have, ma'am. I think I might gush forth without haste if I do not release soon. Well, come over here then. I got something that needs to get moist. And moisten it I shall. Tied to trees. Water comes in from one of the windows and sprinkles about the lab. Careful. You don't want to get it too wet. Oh, this is an awfully big lab, so you want it soaked. Yeah, drench it. No worries, madam. I'm just getting started. My stamina for spraying knows no limits. I've heard that tune before, ma'am. So, what do you call this? Whatever this ugly green thing is. It's, um, well, hang on a second. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, you know what? I have no idea what this thing is. Oh, 
I'm feeling dizzy. I dizzy as well. I may have had too many of your skittles. Both anomalies turn toward the plant, and immediately their powers are under its control. Arthur brings more water to the vines, as granola helps the roots break free from the planter. Soon, the evil vegetation's trunk crushes the table and sinks its roots into the floor. Suddenly, the plant grabs Arthur and Granola and places them inside its large growing trunk. Well, hello. Can't wait to see where this goes. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'm not comfortable with this. Now feeding on the hero's power, the giggler's horrific vegetation triples in size. Its long, tentacle-like vines burst into the air shafts, making their way quickly through the mansion's ventilation system. As we jump back to our captain, he is forced to watch the display while struggling to free himself from the giggler's trap. Come on, where is that damn punny zapper? Sorry, pilgrim, but I finally wised up and got rid of your belt of utility. No quick escapes this caper. Besides, you're only watching the warm-up act. Wait until you see what I have in store for your little freak show. Now watch. Back at the school, Special Agent Larry Lardman is still in the headmaster's office handling his affairs when... Excuse me, Mr. Lardman, but we're getting reports of some kind of plant disturbance coming from the botany labs. Oh, seriously? Birkenstock's been here less than an hour. Security requests your assistance, sir. Tell them I'll be right there after I make an announcement. Before Lardman reaches the intercom control panel, the giggler's sinister voice comes over the school's intercom. Uh, greetings, students and faculty members. This is acting headmaster Larry Lardman, and I have a few announcements. Wait, that's not me! That's not even a decent impression. Miss Moppet, what's happening? How would I know? That's above my pay grade, sir. Well then, find me somebody in that pay grade. Yes, sir. I need the following students to report to their individual super special secret mission assignments. Junior Swift Winthrop, please report to the walk-in pantry immediately. Swift Winthrop, AKA Lickety Split, was sitting in the gym watching the girls' volleyball team practice when he hears the announcement. Oh, man. Not now. Heather just been over, damn. Uh. Junior Missy McCready, please report to the pool area post-haste. Sitting in the back of the library, reading the latest installment of the vampire book series, Vamp Bite Light, Missy McCready, a.k.a. Ember, was full of disdain for most things, as usual. The pool. That is so Team Jake right now. Whatever. Junior Sissy McCready, your assistance is required in the nuclear reactor room. Walking down the hallway, followed by several male students, was the self-absorbed living Barbie, Sissy McCready, a.k.a. Crystal, who is not amused. Ah! The reactor room? That place always flattens my hair. I'll go for you, Sissy. No, no, me, me. That's cool. But I sure could use a coat. I'll get it. No, me. I'll get it. Me, 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 me. I got it. Me. I got it. No, no. And finally, Juniors Abel Carrington and Eugene Cyborgowitz report to your personal quarters for immediate inspection. Thank you. That is all. The competitive and athletic Abel Carrington, a.k.a. Combustible, happened to already be in his room, doing curls with a dumbbell. I'm already here, Intercom! Get off my ass! Oof, that little power rage there. Fuck it. Use that shit. One, two, three, four, one. Eugene Cyborgowitz sits in his room in front of his massive computer, also annoyed by the message. When am I ever out of my room, Lardman, you putz? 
Lardman, who was looking at several blank monitors in his office, has become quite concerned. Oh, mama mia, we're in trouble. Swift, as always, was first to arrive at his destination. He opened the door to the pantry and walked inside. Yo, Lotto, why you always got a call when I'm scoping on the ladies? As Swift makes his way to the middle of the room, he notices a large stack of canned goods, snacks, and candy on the floor. Huh? With a quick glance, he could see the pile was made up of all his personal favorite treats. Hey, yummy tummy gummy gumdrops! Also placed around the room were several television sets. Simultaneously, they all turn on, playing very graphic pornography. Whoa. Is this... Heaven? Swift sits in a chair left for him and begins to enjoy this delicious gift, not noticing the pantry door slamming shut and locking. We quickly jump to Missy McCready, who has now made her way to the pool room, which is eerily empty. Hello? Look, I don't care how much you bug me, Lardman. I'm not bathing this month in protest of the Rara Rara immigrants in Wara Wara. Missy's situation becomes similar to Swift's when the doors of the pool room slam shut, trapping her inside. This is clearly a violation of my civil rights. Soon, all of the pipes in the room burst and begin shooting water everywhere. Shit. Firewall. The water causes Missy's fire blast to fizzle into steam. Soon the water starts rising, causing the room to flood. Fine, I'll bathe, you fascists. A few moments later, her twin sissy, a.k.a. Crystal, has now made it to the creepy nuclear reactor room. Hello? Is anybody in here? Now locked in the safe room, sissy is more than confused about her current predicament. Suddenly the protective shield opens, exposing the teen to large amounts of hot radiation. As Sissy tries to protect herself with an ice shield, the reactor's searing radiation immediately melts anything she tries to produce. Hello? Somebody locked me in with a, a melty thing. Let me out before it ruins my outfit. Sissy's cries go unheard as we make our way over to the room of Abel Carrington. The buff young man poses shirtless in front of a long mirror. Hey, what the fuck? Somebody's gonna get their ass kicked. Abel reaches for the door. Open, motherfucker! But his newfound muscles were of no use. Fine! I'll just blow this old piece of shit off the hinges, then we'll see who's laughing. Abel tries to blast the door open, but in his frustrated state, he has forgotten that due to his explosive powers, his room was built to be blast-proof. <laughs> a fine place for a self-exploding teenager to sleep but an even better prison for this ignitable anomaly. Finally, we arrive at Eugene Cyborgowitz, who has been watching his classmates' evil incarcerations on his computer screen. As he tries to alert Lardman, he finds that he no longer has access to the school's computer network. I've told that idiot punishment, I don't know how many times we needed to update our firewall, but he never listens. Ugh. Out of the vents come the giggler's touchy-feely plants, which easily fill the room in no time. Eugene, who was never quick to his feet, was tied to his chair by the vines before he could lift a lazy leg. Ah, my allergies! We now arrive back at the headmaster's office as Larry Lardman tries to regain control of the situation. In a matter of moments, the vines penetrate his office. Oh no! I guess it's my turn! Ah! Hey no! Get to the reefer! Help! You're 
Where's my scarlet? We now return to Punishment and the Giggler as they both watch the horrific events play out from their tiny boat. I swear, Giggler, if you don't stop this, I'm gonna skull fuck you back to the Stone Age. Oh my, when did you get so dark? You remind me of my father. <laughs> now shh, this is about to get real summer blockbustery. <laughs> the Giggler's touchy-feely vines continue to make their way through the school's vents, attacking more people. The creepy plants send the entire campus into utter chaos. Students and faculty members run from room to room, trying to escape the vine molesters. Out of nowhere, the mansion alarm sounds, which causes even more panic. All doors throughout the school slam shut and go into lockdown mode, turning the institution into a sealed, perverted prison. The mansion violently starts to shake causing everyone inside to be flung about. Outside each of the building's titanium panels slide out, forming new shapes. Oh, this is my favorite part. It's so more than meets the eye. Hundreds of students and faculty are injured as the various buildings connect, then shift into different positions. From the underside of the main building, giant legs lock into place and begin elevating the base of the school off the ground. Holy Hasbro! Two of the campus buildings attach, becoming giant arms, which help stabilize this unearthly monstrosity. Rising from the ground, it starts to take its final form, a giant robot. Soon a head emerges from the shoulders and locks into place. Transform a torture bot program initiated. Eliminate anomaly threat. Still inside the hellacious creature were survivors who were flung about as this architectural nightmare took its first few steps. You turned my school into a Transforma torture bot? Yes, sir, as my Zabrowski house of death makes its way to downtown to wreak havoc on the Skag City Centennial Festival, your friends will have the opportunity to perish in several excruciating ways. <laughs> Come on, I'm a genius, you can say it. <laughs> it never ends with you. Do you think I like being intertwined with you? Look at you! It's not like your grade-A superstar material, pal! Oh, blow that right out your white pimply ass, happy-go-sucky! You're the one that's lucky to have me! Oh, we'll see about that when I change your origin! Hey, CP, who's that off to the side over there? With a click of a button, the giggler switches on a large spotlight, revealing a man tied to a chair. Is that the tickety-talkster himself? Uber time-traveling fashion designer Ernesto Robinson? Who it is! Give him a hand, folks! <laughs> a weird black collar was around Ernesto's neck. The young man struggles as if he's trying to use his powers with no success. Oh, Captain Punishment, so happy you are here! Rescue me, pretty please, pronto! Oh! Why, yes it is, Ernesto Robinson! <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ernesto! You are fucking crazy, papi! Oh, that I am. But oh, before we get started, please notice the collar around Mr. Robinson's neck. This is so insulting. Like, animal insulting. Well, that little sucker there. 
allows our fabulous host control over Ernesto's powers. <laughs> no, I say no. No man will ever control Ernesto. Oh, mute. The giggler uses his small remote to activate Ernesto's collar, rendering the time jumper paralyzed. And the collar works. We can't have him thinking for himself now, can we? <laughs> oh, these anomalies. Such great playthings. We should have been exploiting them years ago. <laughs> I'm going to skip all that if you hurt that boy business. Just know this. I'm going to kill you dead this time. The cancellation of your series kind of dead. Oh, punishment. You should bask in our last moments together, for soon they will have never existed at all. Have you ever heard of the multi-universes, Captain? Uh, yeah. I vacationed in Oz. I've been around. Um, but, um, why don't you tell me what you know so I can make sure that it's right? Cute. Well, you see, we are but one universe among numerous other universes. Each with their own version of us. Some good, some bad, in some places they are switched. But one thing remains the same. There is always a punishment in his wacky clown opponent. Don't start fucking around with other worlds, Giggler. Trust me, it draws everything out and it just gets confusing. Oh, I've got it all mapped out. See, I got the idea from the Earth-5 version of myself, the Gut Buster. Apparently things had become stagnant with his punishment, so he had gotten creative and came to our Earth to share some insights. <laughs> okay, ride's over. Everybody out. The Giggler exits the boat, dragging the captain with him hey, by his hair. Ah, watch the do! So after talking to my alternate compadre, I say we do what he did. Go back in time and fix a few things. Mainly, the secret origin of Captain Punishment. If I can prevent you from creating the Captain Punishment persona in the first place, maybe our unholy alliance will be broken. <laughs> I promise you this will not turn out how you think it will. Hey, it worked out fine for the Gutbuster. Plus, since I've already kidnapped the Time Freak, turned your school into a giant walking death trap, murdering God knows how many people, well, we might as well see it through at this point. Don't you think? Fuck it. You never did listen. Take your best shot, shithead. That's the spirit! So I think I may have this collar remote down. We all have to be touching him once I hit the button, and then boom, we all go bye-bye. <laughs> Next stop, the origin of Captain Punishment. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. This issue of the Captain Punishment Adventure Hour is brought to you by Poor Man's Justice. When your buddies get you trashed after you've just been laid off, that's poor man's justice. Poor man's justice. Can things get any worse? Will the Giggler's mad plan succeed? What is the origin of Captain Punishment? The answer can be found next week, when the Captain slaughters all of the Keebler elves. Same cap time, same cap station. This issue was written by Mac Welch, illustrated by Tony Perry, inked by Emily O'Connor, Danielle Hernandez, colored by Zach Helm, 
Dana Morgan. Jeremiah Jerkowitz. Lettered by... Samantha Burgess. Mike Horton. R.J. Batier. Edited by... Michael Hall. Published by... Brenda Welch. This issue was recorded at... Plain Truth Entertainment Recording Studio, NYC. And engineered by... Steve Sola, a.k.a. The Mix King. Yeah! Puss-cat, puss-cat, meow, meow. Puss-cat, puss-cat, meow, meow. Puss-cat, puss-cat. <laughs> meow, meow. <gasps>